for the people who work numbers, I am giving you free advice that those of you who are holding dollars, you surely might go into losses. You better, you better uh, do what you must do because uh, this market is going to be different in a couple of weeks. And uh, secondly, uh, we, through the central bank, we are having conversations to reinstate the interbank exchange uh, market that has since uh, not worked. And I am happy that the players in that sector, including our banks, are coming forward and they are participating and uh, they are working with the central bank so that we can again uh, take charge. The world's currency, are you concerned that the because of these deals that the U.S. dollar is going to get pushed to the sideline? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about the U.S. dollar, it's a huge advantage, huge advantage to be the reserve currency. We are the reserve currency, so everybody wants, when times of crisis, to go to the dollar. That gives us the ability to fund things, that gives us the ability to, to draw capital that's unique. And the reason people believe in the dollar is the strength of the U.S. economy. They believe that uh, all things being equal, that the United States is the safest place in the world. So when you have the kind of economic policy we've had, uh, particularly over the last two years, that starts to shake the confidence of the world in the, in, in the dollar and the U.S. economy. So there's two pieces to that. One is we've had more than a decade of prolonged low interest rates. The second thing that's happened, that cheap money has been, uh, that what's gone along with that is enormous spending under Joe Biden. Discretionary spending is up 40%. We have a $31 trillion debt. That's not sustainable. No, the problem is they don't want to be controlled. Uh, they don't want to... Uh... Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Now we have in Europe this threshold above 1,000 euros, you cannot pay cash. If you do, you're on the gray market. So you take mm -hmm. your risk. You get caught, you are fined or you go in jail. You are fined or you go in jail. You are fined or you go in jail. to nwczradio.com channel one's down the rabbit hole it's the midweek edition my name is big d thanks for joining me seems like it's been a while since it's just been us we had two weeks with ralph epperson that was great got a lot of positive feedback on that several people would like to see him come back and i will see if i can arrange that i think ralph would be more than happy to come back on and if you haven't heard those interviews i encourage you to go back there's part one and part two and those are past episodes. I want to remind everybody, you can email us at downtherh at protonmail.com, downtherh at protonmail.com, and that's where we find ourselves starting today. We got an email uh, about a week ago from a listener. I'm not going to give out their name, but they're concerned about the fall of the dollar. And in this email, they say that they're an avid listener to the show, they really enjoy it, gave a link 
to some information about the fall of the dollar. Said that it's eye-opening and scary and would love for us to do an episode on this information if possible. We've touched it slightly. They would like us to go into a deeper dive. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk about the fall of the U.S. dollar. I did an episode, midweek episode, a while back called The Coming Economic Crisis, in which I did touch on this a bit because it's all part of the overall plan. This is basically phase two of The Great Reset. If you have not read The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, he has an entire chapter in there about the American dollar. We'll be referring to it here on the program later on. I just want to tell you straight up that the dollar is going to fall. It's going to happen. That is the plan. What we're going to look at today is why is the U.S. dollar going to fall? When? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. It could be months. It could be years. It could be in a few days. That I don't know the answer to as to when it's going to fall. But all signs are pointing to and working towards the U.S. dollar, which is the world reserve currency, falling. It has to. They need it to. They want it to. They're working towards making it happen. And what we're going to talk about today primarily is why. Why do they need this to happen? What's the result of it happening? Why the big push? And why now? Now, in fairness, this is nothing new. In the 80s, we heard a lot about the fall of the dollar. I'll refer later to some articles through time where the dollar has been on the brink before, where forces have been working to diminish the value of the dollar. But those were for different reasons. What we're seeing now is a concerted global effort and by the government of the United States to diminish the dollar down to where it is no longer sustainable as the world currency. The question is why? Why are they doing this? So we're going to set this all up and we're going to talk about this with some history and then we're going to bring it right into today as to why this is happening what their need is for the U.S. dollar to drop. I think there's a big misconception in the world and through the media, they're pushing this, that BRICS, if you have not heard of BRICS, BRICS is going to be the replacement. BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and Saudi Arabia are all working together to create this new sort of BRICS currency which essentially would be the Chinese currency, to knock the dollar off. But the reality is, is that is just a temporary step, should that even happen, which I don't think that's going to happen. There has to be a yin and a yang, a good and a bad in a battle that's being presented to you. It's a scare factor. The bigger goal is way more devious and, in my opinion, much more frightening as to why they're doing this. I want to start off with a man you've probably never heard of. 
His name is Walter Wagger, Walter Warren Wagger. He passed away November 16, 2004, but Walter Wagger was a futurist. He spoke at a lot of World Future Society conferences. He was the vice president of H.G. Wells Society. And he was also bending the ear of groups like the World Economic Forum, Trilateral Commission, Council on Foreign Relations. These are the circles he ran in. He wrote several books and dissertations. And in one of his books, The City of Man, which was written in 1963, he developed this philosophy that has been carried on to today by these groups. In this book, he regarded the imminent collapse of world civilization as an excellent opportunity. Quote, there is no more opportune moment for radical change than in the aftermath of a world catastrophe. And this is a philosophy that they carry, this idea of catastrophe. Why? Well, because catastrophe puts everybody off kilter. It creates unsafe, unstable conditions and people begging for normalcy. Or just take us back to normal. We saw this under COVID, which I believe was phase one of the Great Reset. Klaus Schwab himself said it in his books. Bill Gates has said it. Everybody has said it. Everybody, remember, everybody came out during COVID and said it's time for the Great Reset. George Soros has been operating behind the shadows for a long, long time to knock America down a couple of notches, according to him. In Davos recently, he announced the infusion of $1 billion into a new open society university network to fund schools around the world to, quote, educate against nationalism. In other words, he wants to train the next generation, they're going after the kids, to teach them that becoming national citizens is no good, that you need to be good, obedient citizens of the world. He calls it his most important and enduring project. If this is successful, according to him, he believes that it will collapse borders and bring in the implementation of a world government and the end of America. Now, I know a lot of you listen around the world, and some of you probably don't have high regard of America currently, and I don't blame you. However, the stability of America in the free world is crucial, and they know it. And the stability of the U.S. dollar, which creates economic stability around the world, is crucial for the current world order. In order to have a new world order, you have to tear down the current world order. What is the current world order? The current world order is basically America and the American dollar. A lot of you don't like to hear that, but that is the reality. America gives more than any other country. They provide aid than it more than any other country. The American dollar is more stable than any other currency in the world. And therefore, countries do business with American dollars because American dollar is backed by strength. And we can go into that topic someday as to why we're not backed by gold, but we are backed, America is backed by economic strength, military, and the idea that there's stability in the world 
via America and its allies. That is the strength of the U.S. dollar. There's confidence in it. In order to bring in a new world order, that must be destroyed. And that's what's happening currently. I've looked into this quite a bit. I've looked at both sides. There's a lot of articles, and I will put them in the show notes, of people who say that the dollar collapse is not imminent, that this is all overblown. Don't worry about it. There are several graphs and several deep-in-the-weeds projections that I've seen regarding the U.S. dollar, BRICS, and several others. And yes, currently, the United States and the U.S. dollar is well ahead of BRICS. It's well ahead of any other currency around the world. In fact, looking at one graph here, if you're looking from 1989 to 2022, the U.S. dollar up against Japan, Great Britain, China, and the euro, the U.S. has stayed steady at about 90% of all transactions throughout the world with U.S. dollars. Now, 2023, numbers obviously haven't come out yet. I'm guessing they're going to be lower because on the rise is the euro, and in this chart, BRICS isn't even registering. There's a lot of countries outside of the original BRICS nations who are clamoring to sign up for that. And so they are making a push against the U.S. dollar. It's a coordinated effort. It's funded by a lot of major banks and world governments to, again, destabilize the United States and the U.S. dollar. It's something that must happen, according to them. According to several articles, there have been a lot of headlines since the 80s that the dollar is going to lose its value, and it has been losing its value. Over time, the U.S. dollar is not nearly as strong as it once was. Your dollar does not go as far as it should. So what is going to happen when the dollar does collapse? Well, it's a good question, and it's not pretty. Here are some things that I believe are going to happen when the dollar collapses. One, the cost to import goods are going to skyrocket because foreign companies will no longer want dollars. Our government's going to lose its ability to borrow at its current levels, forcing it to raise taxes. And when I say raise taxes, I mean astronomically. I'm talking about hyperinflation. Or they're going to have to print money to cover its shortfalls. And you put those two together, inflation will be at levels we've never seen because of higher import costs and massive money printing, meaning your money will be worthless. And we've seen this around the world in small-scale countries where they have had to do this very thing. And take a look at Venezuela. Take a look at several of the communist, smaller communist nations, socialist nations. Their money is completely worthless. They have no use for it. Paper money is worth zero. Also, the economy will collapse they're going to shut off government spending. So all of you who are relying on the government for your food, for your health care, for your rent, for anything, they're not going to be able to fund that because of the crushing burden of higher taxes. And 
interest rates will shoot through the roof. You won't be able to afford a loan on anything. Zero. That will crush the real estate market. No one will be able to buy a house. And that's what they want. This is what they want. We've talked about this in several of our midweek podcasts. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Americans own too much. We're a capitalist society. We buy. That's what generates the machine. We make money. We spend it. We own things. They don't like that. They want that all to go away. When I say they, I'm talking about the powers that be, the central bankers, the globalists. All of them want this down. So what does this mean as far as the world currency? So the world reserve currency is the primary currency held by the central banks, governments, and companies around the world as the primary store of value and currency for global trade. That's what the U.S. dollar is. Being a reserve currency gives the related country far more political clout and power than it otherwise would have, and it allows that country to borrow far more money at a much cheaper rate because of the excess demand for that currency. The dollar became the primary reserve currency in the 20th century as the U.S. emerged as the largest economy in the world and equally important, the strongest military power. As you can see, the central banks and governments around the world, companies around the world, would like for that to end. Why? ESG scores, the Great Reset, Fourth Industrial Revolution, One World Government, insert nefarious plan right here. Now, in fairness, I'm going to read off a list that I compiled from looking at other people, pronosticators, financial institutions, those who are way more versed in finances than I am, the reasons that the dollar will not collapse in the near future. One, the dollar is primary currency for world trade. No other currency comes close to offering the necessary supply and replacing such a huge trade currency system that would take years. Two, a reserve currency needs a strong and liquid bond market for that currency, and China's bond market does not even come close. Three, a reserve currency needs to have no capital controls or restrictions like China has now, where it won't allow capital to leave the country. Four, a reserve currency needs trust, and the BRICS nations don't even trust each other. Five, a reserve currency country needs to run huge trade deficits to ensure there is a sufficient supply of that currency in the world. Six, a reserve currency country needs a very strong military to back its currency, and China is not strong enough yet. Number seven, countries and international companies will need dollars for years to still pay off the trillions of dollars denominated debts that they have accumulated. Take those for what they're worth. I could argue all of those points and say that they are all coming to a close. We don't know that the BRICS nations don't trust each other. We actually don't know how much gold China has in storage. China's bond market is not very good. That is true. And so according to this, yes, it may take years, but we're seeing it happen currently before our eyes. We're watching the fall. 
That's why I say I don't know when it's going to happen. I do know it is going to happen. That is a fact. I thought this was an interesting article. It's what to own when the dollar collapses. Because again, all signs are pointing to the dollar collapsing by design. You see what the U.S. government is doing and what they're not doing. You see how they are not backing our currency. That's why it's referred to as a fiat currency. In the past several years, currencies have failed and plummeted in other countries, including Argentina, Venezuela, Ecuador, Cuba, and Zimbabwe. According to the American Enterprise Institute, the U.S. dollar has lost 96% of its purchasing power since 1913. In 2020, we were at our lowest level. So here are the things that people recommend. Gold, silver, other precious metals, which is always a good idea. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Foreign currencies. Foreign stocks and mutual funds. And real estate. Also, physical storage, water and food storage. Making a food storage plan is one of the things you can do if you want to be ready for economic uncertainty. Having a supply of food on hand will help you weather any price increases or shortages that might happen during economic turmoil. And we've talked about that many times on this show, the war on food and water. So those are some things you should consider as we move forward in this today. So now I'm going to get into my opinion as to why this is happening. And I'm going to try and lay out a case here as to what the ultimate goal is with the dollar collapsing. Cash is freedom. When you purchase something with cash, other than a receipt, there's no real-time tracking. Or if you buy something from your neighbor and you pay cash, let's say you go buy a car or whatever, you pay in cash, that's a transaction, it's a legal transaction, and it's between you and the person that you bought said product from. The globalists don't like that. They want total control. We saw the beginning of this during COVID, when cash became suddenly a problem. They want a cashless society. And many places since COVID have stopped accepting cash. Right here in my state of Texas, I go to several concert venues or sports arenas. They do not take cash. They actually have ATM machines. They're called reverse ATM machines where you put cash in and a card comes out and then you can use that debit card or that prepaid card inside the venue. I found it amazing that during COVID, when cash suddenly became a problem, newspapers weren't a problem, magazines weren't a problem, plastic bags at stores weren't a problem, all the things that you would normally touch were not a problem, but cash suddenly became a problem. Nobody wanted to handle cash. If you remember during COVID, going through a drive through or going to a restaurant, any of that stuff, they either would put gloves on, they were afraid to touch the cash, or they just refused to take it. You had to use a card. And that is where we're headed. We've been conditioned for this for a while now. Most transactions currently in the world are done by credit cards 
or debit cards or some sort of electronic transfer via PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, you name it. We have been conditioned for this. Your cash is dirty. Don't use it. And now places are not even accepting it. So the ultimate goal, in my opinion, is to crash the U.S. dollar, replace the world currency with a central bank digital currency. And I'm going to show you how we're moving in that direction. And it's coming from all angles. Start with an article from The Telegraph. This is from the UK. Bank of England tells ministers to intervene on digital currency programming. Digital cash could be programmed to ensure it is only spent on essentials or goods which an employer or government deems to be sensible. This is what they want to do. This is why we must get rid of the U.S. dollar. I'm not sure how many of you are aware of this, but June 13, 2019, the U.N., and the World Economic Forum signed on to a strategic partnership agreement for the implementation of the 2030 Agenda. What this is, is a move toward increasingly privatized and less democratic global governance. What they are trying to do with this is to delegitimize the United Nations and provide transnational corporations preferential and differential access to the UN system, according to them, has a big threat from the US government and those who question a democratic multilateral world. And when you go through the partnership and what they're looking for is they're looking for a one world government system, a one world government monetary system, and a one world government, what they call a security system, which basically means a monitoring system of the people and everything that you do. The World Economic Forum on January 9th, 2019 released a Article titled, Modern Society Has Reached Its Limits, Society 5.0 Will Liberate Us. According to them, the trend of digital transformation cannot be stopped, and it is drastically changing many aspects of society, including public administration, industrial structure, employment, and people's private lives. As you go through the article, the number one problem they see is the economies of scale. They need to liberate, according to them, all of us from the restraints of our own finances. It needs to go into the hands of those who are much smarter, know how to use it wiser, to save the planet, to monitor our purchases, and make sure that we are not harming ourselves, the planet, and others. They're the wise ones. They're going to take care of that for us. We'll all be oh so happy, according to them. In 2002, a book was written titled Great Transition, The Promise and Lure of the Times Ahead. It was written by several people who are from the World Economic Forum and the young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Paul Raskin is one. Gilberto Galopin, Rob Swart, Robert Cates, Al Hammond, you should know these names. And this is, quote, a report of the Global Scenario Group, sponsored by the Stockholm Environment Institute and the Global Scenaric 
group. In their thank yous, they thank all the usual suspects. But in this book, they talk about their goals for the future, and these are the young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. These are the ones who are out implementing the plan. And they have an entire chapter on economy and governance, technology and the environment. And in that, they say that, of course, we must use governments, we must use the United Nations, we must use everything we can to push people into a world currency, a digital world currency. It has to happen. According to them, global change is accelerating and contradictions are deepening. New ways of thinking, acting, and being are urgently needed. But as surely as necessity is the spur for a great transition, the historic opportunity to shape an equitable world of peace, freedom, and sustainability is the magnet. This is the promise and lure of the 21st century. If you can get a copy of this or just go online, I'll put the link in the show notes of the PDF file. It's a frightening read. Their vision of what these people want for us. And digital currency and a global currency is the answer. The problem is the U.S. dollar. According to this article from Bitcoinist, the BIS wants absolute control of your money via central bank digital currencies. If you don't know what the BIS is, it's the Bank of International Settlements. The Bank of International Settlements is the holding cell, the holding bank for the central bankers. The central bankers are the ones who control all the money in the world. When we talk about the Illuminati and their money, this is the, that's the central bank. It's run by all of the families we've discussed in the families of the Illuminati, the bloodlines. They run all of that. They're a separate entity. Federal Reserve is not, is not an institution of the U.S. government. It's a separate entity. The World Bank, World Bankers, do not have any allegiance to any country, to anybody except for themselves. And they run the world. So this is October 2020. Augustin Karstens, he's the general manager of the Bank of International Settlements. And here are his thoughts as to what's coming. Our analysis on CBDC in particular for the use of general to the general use, uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash. Uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who is using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important, and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, she, to what cash is. Track it and enforce it. Track it and enforce it. Those are the two things that the central bank wants to do more than anything. 
He says right there, we don't know who's using a $100 bill today. They need to know. They want to know so then they can control every transaction that is made in real time around the world. Cash is a problem. The U.S. dollar is cash. That is a major problem. I also want to remind you something that Klaus Schwab said because I get emails all the time, people saying, this just all is coming so fast. It's, it's changing so fast. And how do, we, how do we deal with this? Well, listen to Klaus Schwab, because he's going to explain why all of this is happening so fast. We need a great reset. The fourth industrial revolution will impact our lives completely. It will not only change how we communicate, how we produce, how we consume, it will change actually us, our own identity, which of course gives life uh, to such uh, policies and uh, developments like uh, smart traffic, smart government, smart cities. What we will see is that uh, everything will be integrated into a ecosystem driven by big data and uh, driven uh, particularly by close cooperation also of governments uh, with um, uh, business, civil society. And this revolution will come at a breathtaking speed. It will be like a tsunami. Yeah, so it's going to be like a tsunami. It's going to come at a breakneck speed. Those are the words of Klaus Schwab explaining how this is going to happen. Why? Because it knocks you off your feet. People will be begging for stability. People will just want it to go back to normal, to the way it used to be. Friends, it's not going to happen. We're not going back. This is coming at us like a tsunami, and that is by design from the author himself. Speaking of author, in his book, The Great Reset, there's an entire chapter titled The Fate of the U.S. Dollar. And it starts off like this. For decades, the U.S. has enjoyed the exorbitant privilege of retaining the global currency reserve, a status that has long been a perk of imperial might and economic elixir. To a considerable extent, American power and prosperity have been built and reinforced by the global trust in the dollar and the willingness of customers abroad to hold it, most often in the form of U.S. government bonds. The fact that so many countries and foreign institutions want to hold dollars as a store of value and as an instrument of exchange has anchored its status as the global reserve currency. And then it goes on to explain how that's bolstered the United States. It's helped out the United States. Then you go down to the bottom and he says, the country is years ahead of the rest of the world in developing a digital currency combined with powerful electronic payment platforms this experiment clearly shows that there are monetary systems that are trying to become independent from U.S. intermediaries while moving towards greater digitization. Questions and doubts about the future status of the dollar as a global currency reserve are an apt reminder that economics does not exist in isolation. COVID crisis may well end the process of convergence that was supposed to bring highly developed and emerging or developed countries to closer alignment, this will lead to an increase in societal and geopolitical risk, a stark reminder of the extent to which economic risks intersect with societal issues and geopolitics. Quote, if that role were seen as less sure, 
and that security guarantee is less ironclad because the U.S. was disengaging from global geopolitics in favor of more standalone, inward-looking policies, the security premium enjoyed by the U.S. dollar could diminish. This is what they're looking for. It's how they implement their plan. 2018, The Economist, on the cover of the magazine and an entire article titled, Get Ready for a World Currency. They've been working on this. They see this as the catalyst, the great crisis, the great made-up COVID crisis. According to the Trilateral Commission, 2023 is year one of this new global order. And part of the Trilateral's commission of the new world order is a world currency, a digital world currency. You even have Hillary Clinton out there. Hillary Clinton, February 12th, 2023. Quote, it's time to ban cash to fight climate change. According to this article, she says, quote, today I'm proud to announce that the Clinton Global Initiative, started by my husband, will work closely with SEWA and our partners in America India Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, Council for Inclusive Capitalism, to launch a 50 million global climate resilience fund for women and part of this is to, to get rid of cash and put everything into digital currency because it's going to help women, it's going to help lesser uh, nations, it's going to help everybody, it's going to level the playing field, according to them. They're claiming that digital cash is going to reduce humanity's carbon footprint. This is already being implemented and there are already problems and this is why they're working things out. For example, in Nigeria, which is one of the first countries in the world, Ukraine also being another one, which is a pilot program for the New World Order, they introduced central bank digital currencies, and in Nigeria there was a very tepid response. Most people still preferred to use cash, partly because most of them couldn't afford cell phones, which is where this is all going to take place, on your smartphones, cell phones, your tablets, whatever. However, the Nigerian government printed less money, asking people to hand in their, quote, old banknotes for new ones, but there were no new ones. So what is the result of this? Well, people were starving because they didn't have any cash to buy food. They didn't have smartphones, so the CBDCs weren't working. And several of them just said, no, we're not doing that. Currently, the Nigerian government is telling people to get rid of cash, get rid of dollars, because they're saddling up with the BRICS nation. In the United States, you've probably heard of this, because phase one is taking place July 2023. It's called FedNow, the Federal Reserve Now Service. It's an instant payment infrastructure developed by the Federal Reserve that allows financial institutions of every size across the U.S. to provide safe and efficient instant payment services. First release of the FedNow service will provide baseline functionality that will support market needs for a range of use cases, including those growing in demand such as account-to-account -account transfers and bill pay. It's the beginning of the central bank digital currency in the United States. FedNow. Watch out for it. It's coming. So I found this interesting. I don't know if you know who Christine Lagarde is, but she's the president of the European Central Bank. 
and they are looking to start programmable euros. They want to say bye-bye to cash. There are some prankers who got a hold of her somehow, claiming to be Zelensky from Ukraine. They're discussing with her digital currencies, and her responses to them are quite interesting. Let's go to clip one. Well, I have a question I'm, about, yeah. I'm, I'm also a good um, user of uh, electronic money. So my question, uh, you're in introducing the electronic euro, as I know. Yeah. So yeah. How, can I, um, how can switching to an electronic currency help? Well, two things. Number one, it will be decided in October. So we are preparing the ground. We want to be ready. Um, we want to be trained, but it will not be decided until October 23. So October 23rd, mark it down on your calendar. October 23rd is when they will basically rubber stamp the digital euro. It's coming. For those of you who are under the euro, mark it down. October 23rd, guaranteed you will be switching over at some point. They're going to rubber stamp yes on that. Let's go to clip two. No, the problem is they don't want to be controlled. Uh, they don't want to... Uh... Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Now we have in Europe this threshold above 1,000 euros, you cannot pay cash. If you do, you're on the grey market. You take mm -hmm. your risk. You get caught, you are fined, or you go in jail. So, if you want to buy a used car from your neighbour and it costs more than a thousand euro, and you pay that in cash, you can be fined or go to jail. Anything over a thousand euros currently is illegal to use cash for. Do you see where this is going? Clip three. But, you know, the, the, the digital euro is going to have a limited amount of control. There will be control, you're right. You're completely right. Mm -hmm. We are considering whether for very small amounts, you know, anything that is around 300, 400 euros, we could have a mechanism where there is zero control. But that could be dangerous. The terrorist attacks on France uh, back uh, 10 years ago were entirely financed by those very small anonymous credit cards that you can recharge in total anonymity. Do you see how they're framing this? It's a very sneaky and tricky flip that they did there. Yes, there's going to be control. Yes, we are going to control it. We might allow maybe under 400 euro, 300, two, we're not sure yet, to, to, to basically go untracked, which is a lie. They will know it all in real time. They just won't monitor it as strictly in the beginning, possibly at first, just to, just to introduce it, bring it, yeah, don't worry about it. You're not going to be tracked if you're under a certain amount. You spend a lot, you probably get flagged. But the problem is, it's a terrorist. See, we want to keep everybody safe. This is how terrorists fund things. Yeah, well, it's also how people buy products on a daily basis. So the scare factor, this is how terrorists operate. You don't want to be a terrorist, do you? We're doing this for our safety. Everyone must be safe. That is how they 
are going to sell this. It's good for you. It's safety. It's convenient. It's a great thing. I'm going to give you my interpretation as to how this is all going to go down. I could be wrong, but this is how the signs are pointing in my opinion. When this digital currency is rolled out, it will be a voluntary thing at first. They will say, hey, if you have cash, bring it into the bank and we will exchange it dollar for dollar or euro for euro, pound for pound, whatever, wherever, whatever currency you're under, it will be an equal exchange. Then they're going to see who comes in. And now they have to get to those just, just like in COVID, which I believe was the setup for this. Same thing with the vaccine. There are those who voluntarily went in. They were begging for it. They couldn't wait to get it. They were singing songs about it. They were celebrating it. You remember. Same thing's going to happen here. People are going to buy right in. And then there are the resistors. There are those who are, they just either haven't got around to it or, and all the way to those who flat out are not going to do it. And they have to reach them. So they will then start diminishing the value of the currency that you hold. So they will put a date on it and say, if you're not, if you don't have your cash in by this date, it will no longer be dollar for dollar. It'll be 50 cents on the dollar. And then pretty soon, 25 cents on the dollar. And then pretty soon, zero. You're out. You're done. Your cash is worthless. And since you didn't turn it in, you might as well use it as paper mache or wrapping paper or whatever you're going to do with it because it is of zero value anymore and you didn't get it in in time. That's how I see this happening. It is coming. It is going to be launched. Whether it's successful or not is up to us. We have to reject this. I can't say it in strong enough terms. As a global society, those of you who are in Europe, those of you who are listening in Mexico, around the world, wherever you're hearing this, you cannot buy in to this system because this system is the end of freedom and it is the beginning, it is the setup of the one world system where they will control all of your transactions. They will cut you off. They will establish reverse interest rates. They will cap you if you're buying too much meat or you spent too much on things that they don't want you to. They will block you from buying certain books or going to certain movies. It will be a re reward system. It will be a punishment. It will control anything and everything you do. This is it right here. That is why the U.S. dollar must collapse and they are working to collapse it and it will collapse eventually. They will do it. Is there hope? Sure, there's always hope. Get rid of those who are in Congress, in the Senate, in the presidency, in any realm of power in the United States who is for this. Get rid of them. Vote them out. Refuse as citizens to participate in this system. Set up alternate marketplaces that do accept cash or some, some alternate form of currency. Be prepared for it. Know that it is coming because it is. This is all under the guise of everything being smart, 
hooked up to the Internet of Things. A lot of the stuff that we've talked about all funnels into this. This, in my opinion, is phase two of the Great Reset. We saw phase one. I call it the Great Conditioning. COVID was a trial run. It was a conditioning factor for humanity because of the global response, because of the global coordination, because of the global language that was being used around COVID, it was coordinated. Event 201, all the players, they're all there. They were all involved. And it was the setup for phase two of the global dominance and the global takeover. You and I are just pawns in the game. We're the problem. Our freedom's the problem. They don't want us in cars. They don't want us to be own houses. They don't want us to own anything. We should just shut up, go with their plan, and be happy. A friend of mine sent this to me. I thought it was interesting. It's a good reminder of whenever you see something that is titled smart. Smartphone, smart house, smart car, smart anything. Just remind yourself that smart in many ways stands for surveillance, monitoring, analysis, reporting, and tracking. That's not how they intend it to sound, but that's exactly what it is. Surveillance, monitoring, analysis, reporting, and tracking. And digital currency is the ultimate of that. Because we all use money every day to live, to eat, to entertain, to enjoy, to purchase, to fix things. Money is the driver. And they hate the fact that they cannot control that. And that is their goal. I want to close with this. I want you to listen to this. I believe this is a very succinct wrap-up of what we went through with COVID and how this is moving into our current phase. The Armenian genocide was not a mistake. Holdemore was not a mistake. The final solution was not a mistake. The Great Leap Forward was not a mistake. The killing fields were not a mistake. Name your genocide. It was not a mistake. That includes the great democide of the 2020s. To imply otherwise is to give them the out they are seeking. It was not botched. It was not bungled. It was not a blunder. It was not incompetence. It was not lack of knowledge. It was not spontaneous mass hysteria. The planning occurred in plain sight. The planning is still occurring in plain sight. The philanthropaths bought the science. The modelers projected the lies. The testers concocted the crisis. The NGOs leased the academics. The scientists fabricated the findings. The mouthpieces spewed the talking points. The organizations declared the emergency. The governments erected the walls. The departments rewrote the rules. The governors quashed the rights. The politicians passed the laws. The bankers installed the control grid. The stooges laundered the money. The DAD placed the orders. The corporations fulfilled the contracts. The regulators approved the solution. The laws shielded the contractors. The agencies ignored the signals. The behemoths consolidated the media. 
the psychologists crafted the messaging. The propagandists chanted the slogans. The fact chokers smeared the dissidents. The censors silenced the questioners. The jackboots stomped the dissenters. The tyrants summoned, the puppeteers jerked, the puppets danced, the colluders implemented, the doctors ordered, the hospitals administered. The menticiders scripted, the bamboozles bleated, the totalitarianized bullied, the Covidians tattled, the parents surrendered, the good citizens believed and forgot. This was calculated, this was formulated, this was focus grouped, this was articulated, this was manufactured, this was falsified, this was coerced, this was inflicted, this was denied. We were terrorized, we were isolated, we were gaslit. We were dehumanized, we were wounded, we were killed. Don't let them get away with it. Don't let them get away with it. Don't let them get away with it. Obviously that was about what we went through with COVID. They did get away with it. They're getting away with it. Some fight back, some push back, not enough. And if you replace all of that about COVID with money, with dollars and digital currency, that's what's coming again. Are we going to stop it? Or are we all just going to sit around, watch it happen, and then put together a little three-minute piece at the end saying, yep, that happened, and we all just sat around and watched it? It's up to us. It really is. It's up to us. And to answer the question, the ultimate question, is the U.S. dollar going to fall? Absolutely. When? I don't know. And neither do you and neither does anybody else out there with the exception of perhaps a few at the very, very top who are orchestrating this whole thing. But it will be an economic crisis, one the world has never seen, one that the world has never been through. It will be a crisis so astronomically large that people will be begging for security, just like we saw in COVID. They will be begging for security, begging for relief, begging for the government to come and save them. And oh boy, are they going to jump in with the solution, which will be the ultimate enslavement of mankind. Bank on it. I'm Big D. Thanks for joining me. Email me, downtherh at protonmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Was I right? Am I wrong? What do you see? We could have gone way deeper, and perhaps we'll do a part two of this. But for now, I think you get the message. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see you on Sunday when I'll be back here with Brandon. Have a great week.